Adam Pengilly from the City Morning Herald. Good morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. You're going back to the well lost, back to a couple of old favourites. I, I am, Adam. I, you know what I thought? Why not? Mm. It's been successful in the past, and it'll be successful again. <laughs> and I didn't want to get too greedy, so I just put Osipenko in to run top two. I think he'll be winning, but anyway, that's my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, no, very, very happy with that. What did you make of the football last night, my friend? Uh, fantastic game, Loz. Uh, you know, really high quality for the opening game of the season, it must be said. And I think both teams deserve a, a pat on the back for the efforts they put in last night to, to treat us as such an, uh, an opening exhibition on the, on the opening night of the season. I think Parramatta will win in the cold light hard today when I look at that game. We're really disappointed they didn't win. Uh, I think they dominate, obviously, in most areas of the match, including tackle counts, field position, everything like that. In the last 10 minutes of regulation time, I can't help but think they, they should have iced that game. They had a couple of really good chances down Melbourne's end to set up for a field goal or, or, or score the match winner with a try. and weren't able to do that. And um, I know it's only round one, but they've got a tough start to the season. They'll probably look back at that game and think maybe that's one that's got away. But when you play Melbourne, you know you've got to play them right until the very the absolute depth. And Harry Grant, I don't know if you could see it, Loz. I was just watching that, that golden point there. And as they were sort of marching downfield, getting close to the line, I'm thinking to myself... I think Harry's going to try and scoot out of here and try and run and try and catch a couple of these defenders nothing as they, they think they're setting up for a field goal. And that's how it played out. So what a magnificent player. He was oh. so good last night, Harry Grant. And we know he's had a few injury problems the last couple of years and probably hasn't had quite those long seasons, continuous seasons that, that he wants to see. But he could be in for an enormous year this year. Uh, 80 minutes too from Harry Grant. Um, he just iced the performance, didn't he? You know. Yeah. But the same couldn't be said on the other side of the field. And we've received some text messages already this morning. And he's got to be under a lot of pressure this year, Mitch Moses, and in particular early in the season because he hasn't re-signed. And they're talking about you know anywhere from one point two to one point four million dollars his salary. And you know people expect him to ice games when you're getting that type of wage. Yeah, and they, he needed to get him in the right spot, didn't he, last night, Was And I'm not quite sure Parramatta got to the right point on the field for the, the fourth or fifth tackle field goal in that last 10 minutes. And I thought Dylan Brown was a little bit conspicuous as well in that last 10 minutes. He, he sort of was sort of floating around on the left there and didn't quite come in field and try and marshal his troops into the into the right spot. And you're right, Loz, when these guys are demanding contracts or wanting contracts for a million dollars plus, I know it sounds extremely harsh, but they're the type of games you, you pay them to win. Yes. Like you, you, you have to get, them, get your team across the line in a situation like that when you've got that amount of ball. And they, they couldn't do that last night. Again, it's only round one, and they'll obviously improve as the year goes on. So I don't want to be too harsh there, but I can't help but feel that Brad Arthur will, will, will think that that's two points that got away. I just, just quickly, Loz, on, on Josh Hodgson. I thought he was outstanding last night. Uh, really added a different dimension to their attack. And just, just those classy touches around the ruck. So I know that losing Reid Marnie to a lot of people, the Eels would have thought that would be a massive blow. And, and it is a blow because we know what type of player Reid is. He's a dead set representative caliber player. But I think Josh Hodge is going to bring something different to that team this year. I thought there were some really good signs there last night. I did too, Adam. And we've received some text messages this morning, though, about Hodgson's performance. How some people thought that he was a bit slow and didn't really have an impact. But I... I I'm a bit like you. I think he'll be better the more game time he gets because he's, what, 33, 34, coming off a knee reconstruction. Um, yeah, got a little bit tired, but I, I, I think he'd be great. Loz, is that not a good example last night, though, that you can do as much training as you want, have the greatest preseason, but yeah. actual game fitness, it's just going to take a couple take of weeks times, to... yeah. Like I said, there was some criticism, I think, Hodgson, he, he he was. Somebody wrote that he was lazy on that last tackle when Grant 
Harry Grant scores the try, he was on the inside and he was lazy. Oh, mate, like it's extra time. How, how, how dare you be out on your feet first game back? I oh, know it's a preseason, but yeah. match fitness just takes time, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think you'd know this, Adam. I think his last year or two at the Raiders, he was sharing. Uh, game time, wasn't he? Minutes, yeah. With Tom Starling. Yeah. yeah, Tom Starling was playing a bit of footy So, so as well, he wasn't was. really playing a lot of 80 minutes. I know they moved him back in the back row at times, but mm. I don't know whether he was playing uh, a lot of 80 there towards the end. And then last year, in the first game of the year, he did his ACL. Injured, so basically, yeah. he's been out of the game for two years. Yeah, I, I just I just thought that second try they scored with Junior Polo, like, with all due respect to Reid Marnie, I'm not sure he's the type of player that could have done that, could have crabbed across field and just sized up yeah. the defence and, and saw Munster sprint out of the line and, and put Polo into a gap to score. And I just thought he, yes, he, he probably was a little bit tired towards the end there and maybe lacked a bit of speed, in, I suppose, in the last 20 minutes. But just that deception, that sleight of hand, is something that's going to really add, a, I think, a point of difference to, to Parramatta's attack. Just, just quickly, back on Mitchell Moses, boys, I... I saw a video last night. I'm not sure if anyone sort of spoken about it on the program this morning. Of about an hour or two before kickoff last night, walking into the ground was Mark O'Neill, the Parramatta general manager, with Isaac Moses, Mitchell Moses' manager. So I'm not quite sure if we should read too much into that or not. But they seemed like they were on pretty good terms with themselves walking into the ground last night, side by side. So whether they were doing some more discussions there yesterday in the countdown to kickoff or not, I'm not too sure. But I'd imagine that's probably a pretty good sign if you're an Eels fan. I saw Mitch having lunch at West Ashfield yesterday as well before the game. Yeah, uh, day before. Day before the game, sorry, Wednesday. Did you put a contract so in front of him? All I'm saying, I'm not reading too much into that either. <laughs> <laughs> West hey, Ashfield hey, lunch. Hey. I don't know. Why would he, what would he be doing on that side of Sydney? I've got no idea. Are you making a play to get back on the Tigers' ball? Club? Yeah. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Great not, question. Not, if, only if we make the top eight. <laughs> uh, now, where's David Fafida going to be next year? Oh, The Broncos are in for him, Jared. There's, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They've come into at the, at the 11th hour after losing Tom Flegler and, and Herbie Farnworth to the Dolphins. I think the Raiders... I don't know if they resign themselves to the fact he's not going to Canberra. It looks more and more likely by each day that he'll be staying in Queensland somewhere. So, like, if you're David Fafita, what do you do? Like, he's had a really tough two years with the Titans. Obviously, everything that's associated with him is attached to his price tag, which is a little bit unfair, and it's not his fault the Titans decide to pay him that much money. But I'm not quite sure if this is a realistic option for him, Jared, to head back to Brisbane. Um, Does he feel like he's got unfinished business up there? Has he still got some mates up there? I know he's close close to Payne Haas and a few of the old Broncos boys, but this is a fascinating development. And I just, I reckon you really need to watch this space closely. I think there's a very, very good chance that he's weighing up a move back to Brisbane, whether it happens or not, I'm not too sure, but I'll tell you what, it's a big twist late in the piece of David Fafita. I see SBW was back at the Bulldogs during the week. Yeah, really good story. My colleague Adrian Prasenko wrote in the Herald today, Loz, speaking to Sonny Bill about going back to the Bulldogs. What is it? For the first time in 15 years. It's remarkable, isn't it? Just time flies because, that was a massive, massive story when it happened when he walked out in the Bulldogs. I think Sonny has admitted saying that if he had his time over again, he's not saying he wouldn't have left the Bulldogs, but he would have done it under a different circumstance, obviously not fleeing in the in the middle of the night, heading to the airport and just breaking his contract like that. So I think what Cameron Serrato and Gus are doing there at the Bulldogs, they've brought a lot of these old boys back into the fold to try and get that, I suppose, that dogs of war mentality back within, uh, within those four walls at Belmore. And, no doubt that's the biggest um, coup they've had so far. Sonny Bill just, just talking to the players there. Whether he has an official capacity or not, I, I highly doubt it. But if he's around that group, it's surely well, it's got to provide a big lift for all those players in, in that young group. Yeah, you'd think so. Mm. 
plus 17 and a half, the Dolphins, for their premiership opener. $6.50 head-to-head with Tab against the Roosters on Sunday afternoon. How do you think they'll go? Well, almost, almost looking at that price, Jared, for the 17 and a half start and thinking there's probably a little bit of value there, just given the Roosters are obviously fairly depleted for this opening round of the season. Like, I think I looked at the Roosters' back line there at one stage. I think on Sunday they've got Corey Allen and Jackson Polo playing on the one side of the field there in the centres and wing. And it's just, you wouldn't, with all due respect to those guys, you wouldn't expect them to be the, the starting three quarters for the opening game of the season this year. I think the Dolphins, I've said it on this program a couple of times already, boys, I think they'll struggle this year. They're, they're my tip for the wooden spoon. I can see them winning maybe you know, four or five games at, at some stage this year. I, I don't think they're going to get you know, absolutely flogged in a lot of games this year. I think they'll be competitive for sort of 40, 50, maybe 60 minutes in a lot of games. But I think when push comes to shove, they might just lack that class to to really get over the line in a lot of games here. I, I suggest maybe the start's a little bit of value for this game. I can see the Roosters winning, maybe by a couple of tries, but I think 17.5 is certainly a very, very tasty bet if you can put in those terms. Who's your best at Randwick tomorrow? I'm with you, Loz. I'm with you. I'm Ooh. with Ali Mosley. I think race eight, number two, Osipenko is oh. the best on the program in the Randwick Guineas. <laughs> I just, at, at that price, I think I've got to be with him over Ask Cabin and, we know these are horses looking for a mile now from a nice soft gate. I've got to be with him. So Osipenko is my best bet at Randwick there on the weekend. Oh, the hopes of a nation, hey? Osipenko <laughs> there. Race eight, number two, $4.60 with Tab. You have a great day, mate. Enjoy the weekend, boys, and uh, we'll chat on Monday.